0: We're, um, we're not at Parliament. We're uh, walking around Queen Elizabeth II Park uh, with, uh, with our friend Anne. I don't mean to use the royal we. Uh, my friend Anne and, and our podcasts, general podcast friend Anne. Anne is obsessed, obsessed with trees, so we can't, I'm trying to get her to stop talking about looking at trees. The beautiful trees here, but we're trying to get back to the subject of... Um, of the descent descent of mankind by Jacinda Ardern while we walk around graveyards and at, of, of fallen soldiers. And that brings us back on track, doesn't it? Because it this is a, is a war. Your, your father was in a war.
1: My father was he in was a was war. He was in the air, wasn't he? He was. My father was in Mine the air. The my grandfather was on the ground. My other grandfather was on the ground at Gallipoli. But nothing will ever beat mankind. And my, mankind's incredible creativity and this is the most spectacular park. We're in Masterton and what is it the Queen Queen Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth park. park and we reckon that Queen Elizabeth not sure how much time she spent here but she many... did stay at
0: the Empire Hotel the Empire see is we're she... back to Empire again
1: yeah oh, well. at the Empire. It's, well, a shab- it's a shabby what. little place today. Well, in her name maybe good or bad this park is utterly stunning and the trees are amazing yes and it yes. doesn't matter when you think about the glory of the world and how these trees have just been standing. And they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You have to watch out you don't fall
0: over these tree roots. Look at the doves over there, doves of
1: peace, yeah. doves of peace. Oh, it's just stunning. Over there so in, in the dove, now we'll go this way. Just trying to get a Somehow cone we'll off back the tree, track. which will we'll get back illegal, on track. but I don't, I don't worry yes. about laws too much these days. Um, because there's so many cones on that tree, and it's so sticky, I've got it all over Pine me. Pine
0: cones are a Masonic uh, <laughs> emblem, apparently. Oh, so apparently. Been, oh, it's oh, been a while isn't, talking honestly. about the, uh, the masons. Well, but uh, we're talking about your, your so your dad was in the war, now he was in the Air Force. Um, well, well, then but, he became but, something else, and you can perhaps tell point, us about that.
1: War changes people's lives, and I think that's something that the youth of today are finding out, that, well, they're only slowly learning that we're in an information war, and a lot of an older generation were in a physical war. I suppose there was a lot of information in it as well. But, but at age 17, Dad went to training college to learn how to become a maths teacher, and within about five minutes, he was signing up for the Royal New Zealand Air Force. So
0: did they not? Did they not think his maths were up, up to scratch? So <laughs>
1: well, it turned out to be extremely up to scratch. Well,
0: he didn't think peace was up to scratch. So he...
1: <laughs> well, no, yeah. he, he did what what young people should yeah. be doing today.
0: When was that? What Waking year was up, that? Do that you was think? Nine,
1: Well, I think that was so 1939.
0: Yeah, so he's roughly the same age as my father, born yeah. in 1919. Yeah, it's what they did, uh, wasn't uh, it? Dad
1: was born in twi- uh, 1922. Right. Yeah. So, um, so mathematics was definitely important as a pilot. He always had navigators, but uh, he was a uh, he went to Singapore. Was very fortunate to get yeah. out of Singapore. Yeah. He was in the Royal Australian Air Force as well as the U.S. Navy. Was then stationed over in Fiji, flying Catalinas. Got to know yeah. the Pacific like the back of his hand. I
0: well, might have seen Dad down on the ground if he had it along. <laughs> Well, Gun sight not
1: too many. I mean, a lot of the or something. New Zealand pilots were very fortunate to be in the US Navy and flying uh, sea boats around. Is picking, that right? Picking up downed American pilots. Wow. And getting them back on safe ground.
0: Oh, just okay. answer that, would you? Um,
1: sure. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll, just, I'll just pause while Anne answers the phone in private call, presumably. So so, um, yeah, so we're just picking uh, picking, carrying on from there.
1: Okay, so in the Pacific, many New Zealand pilots were in the U.S. Navy, and these are all well-documented pieces of, t- tones of history. And then from the Pacific, a number of New Zealanders, including Dad, went to England and signed up for the RAF because the job hadn't been done, hadn't been finished, and young men with a sense of purpose carried on with the job until the job was finished, which we all should do they never left things half done and um, eventually he got into Pathfinders Pathfinder unit which was a force that in the RAF which uh, was set up to target uh, um, get the bombing targeting more accurate so the rest is history, wow. it's well documented but came back and studied medicine and became a GP uh, so my, so it's something for young people today to realise that even though their lives are upset today at age 17 or whether they're 19 or they're 21 and they don't want to get vaccinated or they don't want to they're they're asking questions they don't want want to comply comply. they're questioning their government if you don't if you follow your conscience and follow your brain and you know your thoughts about things uh life life just one door closes and another one opens
0: yeah, he, he would have done a lot of complying. They wouldn't. He, they, they did a lot of complying during the war. I mean, they weren't well, they, they were. weren't exercising the the freedom of expression so much in World War Two. But they were they were fighting for freedom.
1: Well, yeah, I and they that understood the that because the bombs were dropping on their parents' yeah. houses. You know, when you lived and in, in, think of all those British people who actually had, their houses right. were actually being destroyed by bombs. It's pretty obvious. Physi- yeah. It's obvious in the physical world what's happening. So. Yeah. Today, I just think it's hard Eventually, he went into
0: the profession. I'm sorry, to, in, in, uh, yep. to we've got a bit of a deadline, but, yep. but uh, we, uh, we're just standing in front of a memorial covenant here. We have fulfilled the wishes of our forefathers, which were to show peace and faith to Her Majesty the Queen. We have fulfilled them by, uh, by the peace and faith which exists between us and the Pākehā. This is a county of kaho Anyway, um, I should... Yes, look at that. Okay. No, but we, he became something which is he, relevant he, to today's situation. It
1: is, it is. So... Seven years in general practice, and then trained as a medical pathologist.
0: Pathologist, pathologist yes. Pathologist,
1: and eventually uh, was a in private practice, which is extremely important. Uh, you want to have, whatever profession you're in, you want to have a balance of diagnoses or opinions on cases, whether it's the law or the medical profession. You want to have independent people who are making independent people and you want to have government people so you might have government medical pathologists working in hospitals and you'll have private practice medical pathologists who can speak outside of maybe government mandates or government protocol or
0: what do you think dad would have done doctors? today um, uh given the way everything is uh, you, you know if you're not tied to the to the communist regime's uh, way of looking at things and um
1: Oh, yes. uh,
0: would, would he have? Uh, would he have stayed employed? Would he have walked out?
1: He said a professional. He said a professional is someone who can put up a, a, a plate on their gate and, and sell their, their advice. So he stood on his own two feet, made his own thoughts of things on things, and if he didn't understand the case that he looked at under the microscope, he'd send it to an expert in another country. And this is the way a lot of pathologists yes. have worked. They look for a peer opinion and and think about things carefully, but have the integrity to themselves that they want to improve their profession by searching for truth and searching for the answer that they're comfortable with. And do you think
0: he would have reported the truth
1: that he was seeing in front of
0: him in the blood blood vessels that are so apparently clotted?
1: Well, he was primarily extremely aware of politics and extremely aware of what forces could affect a person's life. And he would not tow a government line. He would question things. Yeah. And that's integrity. Would he, walk away, from integrity. His, would he
0: walk away from his career? Because he'd have to today, wouldn't he?
1: Well, today you'd have to walk away from your career. Well, if you're financially stable, you can. But otherwise, you're forced, don't you? Unless you exercise maximum integrity yeah. and you yeah. leave yourself in great vulnerability. Uh, I mean, I have no doubt that Dad had integrity and he would question this actively and I believe that he would be on the side of the great doctors. Yeah. Because he'd seen great times and great times make great people in my view and a lot of people outside of our family would say that his character was a great character. That's Um, it.
0: it. You have to make uh, enormous sacrifice regardless. It's like Steve uh, Oliver was saying when you suggested that he (laughs) talk to me as we were wandering past yesterday and there's Steve Oliver and... uh, I think you tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Have you talked to this chap?" And I thought, Oh, come on, and oh, but anyway, it was good because we had a good long chat. Yeah. You showed the cheek that I didn't. I think the I think the uh, well,
1: it's just
0: the number one characteristic of successful people is is cheek, you know. Oh, and uh,
1: he was a person. And he was a great he was a, a great guy. On yeah. two feet, you know, you two and, are uh,
0: the same. so you set up a, a very nice chat that we had, but uh, you know, really, the, the pathologists are, are some of the people who need to stand up. The pathologists, the coroners, the police people—if and if they don't—we need them to stand up and tell us the truth. The parents of the deceased children, unfortunately, all of those people become criminals if they do not stand up. They are either—I don't like to—you know—channel George W. Bush necessarily, except for this particular comment. You know, you're either with us or against us. Uh, it is a coroner does not, who does not report on the blood clotting that he sees, uh, or a pathologist, because the coroners are the legal ones, aren't they? Yeah. The judges. Uh, the, patho- the forensic pathologist, The police who do not
1: yeah, stand... The, the pr- forensic uh, who, pathologists or the yeah, coronial The
0: police who do not turn their backs on the people and, and, and face the cr- real criminals and arrest them, they are part of the enemy.
1: And people can say, a pathologist might say, look, I would speak out but I can't for X, Y, Z reason. But there comes a time when you have to say to yourself, am I for my country or am I for my children? And, right. and you have to say, I mean, in my view, you have to be for your country. Because, you know, your children Your children are absolutely vital. That's all right. Your children are absolutely vital. But are you really going to lose your country for the sake of your own personal gain? That's right. It's, this is where the men, you know, John and I have talked about this. Women will save their family, but the men will save their country. And boy, do I believe that. You know, you, you we have a whole lot of women who are doing an amazing job saving their families and their communities. And now it's time for men to step up in all the professions. All you doctors, you need to be saying there must be medical privilege. There must never be a breach of medical privilege where a government can ask me for my client records or ask me for the information on my clients. A university should never be able to breach medical privilege of its students by demanding medical information of their students. And equally, all your lawyers should be stepping up and protecting legal privilege and saying that, you know, the legal information between me and my client is is privileged information. People, professionals, you have to step up and re-become true professionals again, please, for the sake of your country.
0: I knew this would go well. Very well said. Very well said, Anne. Um, Yeah, it's really down to the people that we trust to do the right thing. In peacetime, this is not peacetime. It might feel like it when you're wandering around a nice park like well, this. Well, I'm
1: staring, looking at World War Two War Memorial Stadium. Oh, well, yes. In you yes. Know. You're looking at a green park, and I'm looking at a war memorial stadium. Yes, that's right. It's all, it's all around us. Don't think that war has gone away. That's I mean right. Governments are well, the, the memorials
0: continued. to war are everywhere. The memorials in those in that graveyard that we just wandered around. Hmm. Uh, there are, there are forests of uh, of of graves of of well, mainly men who served in World War Two. I think they're all. World War II, World War One. there was an imperial were... imperial service. I don't know whether that meant war or, or earlier, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there are reminders of war.
1: And yet there are reminders of great, but great grace. But if only they could beauty. be reminded
0: that there's a war going on now. Yeah. It's just a very different kind. Yeah. And it's a war of ethics, and it requires good people at the top of society to behave like it. The protectors, the policemen, the army, uh, the all all are, 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 oh, the judges. Well, I think tomorrow might be good to go back to Parliament tomorrow. I'm just having a bit of a break after driving through floodwaters last night, not sure whether I was going to float or sink. <laughs> so today I thought, well, we'll just have lunch with Anne and walk around a nice park and regather. But I think tomorrow the police and the army are going to the High Court across the road from Parliament to have a few words to a judge about their loss of their jobs. Uh, because they're mandated, they're required... In order to serve in the New Zealand armed services of various sorts, they have to be weakened, uh, have their blood contaminated uh, with uh, lots of little tiny time bombs of uh, little nano razor blades. I mean, that is, that is, that, that, that is a conspiracy to... That, that is treachery, really, if you're, if you're requiring your army to be so weakened. And they're fully knowledgeable of it. The the people at the top commanding them to, they know precisely what they're doing. Well, the this judges, is an assault on, civiliz- on Western civilization, isn't the it? The
1: judges should be doing the same. They yeah. should be exercising their legal minds and seeking truth, you know, yeah. thinking way, about uh, Lady Justice standing there. They should be balancing the scales. They should have their blindfolds on. They should be thinking about the actual evidence and is yeah. it a fact and if they're and not, is it truth. And if uh, they're not, they're bought. Well if they yeah. if they don't do that then they need to not decide on that case and stall everything halt everything and say wait until we have all the evidence you know they they need to actually get to truth
0: and that's a wonderful way to end i think